You're listening to We, we, we the Aether Podcast, within and without. Welcome. So, Estas, thank you for taking this time to uh, have this conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. I know a lot of listeners of this podcast are going to be looking forward to it as well. And I'm sure many follow you on Instagram and have listened to your, to your music for a while. Um, but for anyone not familiar with your music, do you mind just briefly introducing yourself uh, and what it is you do? Well, um, I'm a human being. My name is Estas Tone, but I'm not just in this body. I'm many things as all of us. It's just not all of us aware of that and not all of us are asking the correct questions of what we are and what we are doing here and what we share and what comes through us, you know. So my main medium is sound, music, as well as writing. So I've been kind of on the life journey for a few minutes, <laughs> you know, and the life goes on. So, of course, people, if they, they are not familiar with the sound, they can explore. And I kind of stand for the authenticity of expression, right? So it's not like a trying to fit into the current music industry, but rather to do what it feels right, you know. And, of course, it goes through many filters of, of the meaning of being a human because sometimes you're low, something comes out. So sometimes it's super high, you know, nothing to do with drugs, right? It's uh, just being like in that elevated state of being. And there is consequence to it as an expression, you know, so... That's what it is in short, but let's let's dive in and let's see where this road takes us. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love the way you, you express that. And, and it's really uh, music is one of your mediums, I suppose, as well as, as writing. Um, so what, what do you find is the, the relation or the similarity between writing, say, poetry and, and creating music? Because I know I, I saw online that you sort of associate the two kind of like a, a poet musician in a way. Well, you know, like everything what is said during the life trips, you know, life experiences, this is not a poetry that is prepared. You know, this is a poetry of life that wants to be expressed in the moment as it flows, you know. And then very often people perceive Estas sound trips online, they're just snippets of two, three hour journeys. <clears throat> you know, if in the older days I would play uh, shorter pieces like songs, they would be more understandable to people. But over the years, like I started to experiment with the sound trips where sound is way beyond what music is un understood by many. You know, this is not about a song which somebody composed and then goes on stage and reproduces that, you know, because that's one side of being uh, an artist. But uh, life doesn't do so, you know. When the storm comes, it comes in a natural way. You know, when the hurricane comes, it comes in a natural way. Where a beautiful, gentle rain falls, it comes as a natural unfolding of the momentum, right? So for me, that's what it is also being on stage, as, as through sound, as through music, as through words. But at the same time, I do collaborate with many incredible beings who do prepare certain words, you know, and, uh, and then we carefully craft that as a as a merge of the of the word and and sound you know because i've done countless performers also with the poets on stage improvised even though they they might had a prepared piece but on stage it would be improvised because it's it's a blending it's a natural blending because we never do rehearsals 
you know, I, I never do rehearsals with anyone and also myself too, of course, you know, so we just get on stage and we express that momentum and the preparation of itself is always that um, something that what we are, you know, that's the preparation and that's what we are. We are expressing on stage, off stage, right? So the blend of the word and the, and the music uh, quite often works on different levels for, for different kind of humans because some, they don't want to hear lyrics. They want, they want to have like a clear space of a sound. S- for some um, to perceive some sort of uh, happening in that moment, they need vocalization of it. You know, we all work in a different way. Sometimes also, let's say if, I, if I'm writing, I don't want to hear any vocals in it. You know, I want to hear something instrumental, nothing to do with me also, because that brings emotional um, trigger sometimes, you know. So we are all very different and we perceive all what is happening around us in, so, in such an unlimited ways. You know, it depends also how we feel in the moment and what we feel and what we need also in the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. That's also part of the mystery. Somebody would write to, to me or to our little production sometimes and say, wow, I've heard that poetry and, and that did something with me. But that poetry was recorded 10 years ago. And yet there is a stamp of timelessness into it, you know, because I don't kind of relate to this um, social problems of, so to say, of today. I kind of look more into a soul journey. That's what is interesting to me, you know, because there are plenty of people speak about their current state of affairs on the planet. People speak about uh, social injustices. They speak about uh, political situations, you know. Uh, I, I don't have to do that. There are plenty of those incredible beings doing this work, you know. I'm exploring mm-hmm. something else here. That's a great way to be as well, because anyone that doesn't want to get into the, all those, you know, political type of things, they can just dive right into everything that you create and just be sort of swept away by it um, and, and have that experience that you, that you help create through your music. Was this sort of an evolutionary process for you to get to a point where you were doing this? Like, when did you start creating music in this way or when did it change to become this way? I played music since I was a child. And uh, of course, I was... Um, connected to the music that was available to that kid and that time and that environment that he was growing up right so i've taken a long break i didn't play for 10 years and then a guitar came back to my life so i started to explore based again to my environment and what uh triggered me yeah so i've heard some gypsy music that really did something with me because i kind of grew up with that sound as well right and then um, when I started to play, like, and because I started to play in the street right away at the age of 26, I had no knowledge how it's supposed to be done, right? So I was exploring that through blues mainly and through gypsy kind of uh, Russian Romani gypsy and French Sinti gypsy and Manus gypsy and flamenco. And I was listening to that stuff at that time. And that was kind of like the activation for my own trip. And after 10 years of kind of being all over the world, being on the streets and learning how also to earn my bread from that only, right? And even though it was quite a struggle, you know, at the time, but I was always helped by countless angels, so to say. Um, I was exploring my own repetitions, 
you know, and I do that from time to time. And I feel like this is a life journey, you know. So when we observe certain pain, which appears in the human, and that's that was my case, you know. So let's say when the heart is cracked, yeah, something happened, something dramatic happened through relationships or through movement or through struggle with money or through any kind of challenge that a human being might face. What a human does, you know, start, he or she starts to ask questions or explore or numb. Mainly we're starting to numb the pain, right? So I've done that. I've done that through drugs for many years as well. Uh, in my 20s and later on. And then basically uh, this, this was not a help anymore. You know, I've seen that it doesn't help. It just, it's just not the way to, to, to dig deeper, right? On the surface, maybe it helps for a few hours, but on the long run, it actually creates even the opposite, the opposite effect, right? So I started to, in that time, of course, I was deeply in this music already. You know, I was traveling all over the world. I was playing on the streets and I was playing also concerts and festivals and all kinds of venues, right? And I started to explore with this, um, unknown space where I, I've got this new kind of set of pedals and I was just digging it with myself. I stayed with myself. I didn't go as I normally would go to India, be active and be in my persona uh, costume of being this gypsy troubadour who can rock any house, you know, at the time. And I started to dig the sound and like we know that the volcano doesn't explode all of the sudden. There is a long process. There is a long process of what is boiling there, which is not seen, right? And then at a certain moment, the eruption happens, right? So sometimes it takes millions of years, probably, right? Or thousands of years. So that was the case. I started to explore that kind of drone sound because I, I, I had this inspiration from the Indian music where they would use ragini sound. Right or the tempura sound of the, of the instrument to, to hold the note. So I've got myself this setup where I was able to, to freeze the sound and then explore within that, right? Without any loops, without any like looping the sound. That was quite the opposite interest to get out of the loop, out of the emotional loop, out of the repetitions loops, you know? And then I was exploring it, and then I've seen like it really takes me somewhere. And this this was the same sensation I've had when I picked the guitar after 10 years of not playing. You know, like I didn't know what to do with the guitar, so I was exploring the feeling. Like if it felt right, even though this one chord and two chords connect together, and then three chords connect together, or one chord stays for 30 minutes, and yet I truly feel that. Yeah, and it takes me somewhere. I would stay there as long as it's needed, you know, because in our kind of perception of what music is, is like, let's make it like la la la, tu tu tu, la lo, tra la la, boom boom boom, bam bam, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, the, the formula works, everybody is happy, everybody using the formula, but that's not the real music, you know. This is like a, a little storytelling that we are trying to compile into something understandable. You know, so in that case, like what happened at that moment, like I started to explore a longer thing, you know, and uh, and then um, it was still in the explorative kind of space. I went to India. Somebody created a space for me, which was not a performance. It was not a concert. 
and it was not like a private party where people were talking and doing the thing. There were these beings around and they were really in the sound with me and yet they were not sitting and looking at me, you know? So I had that freedom to explore my own space and all what I was kind of already exploring exploded, erupted into this two and a half hour track, which nowadays called internal flight, right? And of course, it's been 10 years ago. It happened 2012. So since then, it was like a massive evolution of this thing. And again, it's just a name, you know, it's in, what is internal flight? Inside the country flight, you know, within mm-hmm. US flight, within the Euro flight, but it's an internal exploration, you know, of the emotions, because it could be quite an emotional trip, but also um, stagnation spots trip where we explore the body, what's going on within us, you know, because yes, we can enjoy the beautiful sound and what is happening around and where we are flying to the cosmos, but we have to be here. We have to be in the body. And so over this decade, I explored different dimensions of, of that thing that called internal flight, you know, and of course, sometimes the little pieces coming back, and sometimes these journeys like uh, turned into separate trips where I could see like it's actually teaching me something. I have I'm learning from this because this is this is beyond my mind. This is beyond a control or formula, you know. And nowadays, like it turned again into that kind of bodily exploration. So it's not about really sitting and listening or watching the guitarist sitting on stage playing, you know, this is exploring what's going on with the body. You know, we can go on about this, but I wanted to stop here so we can trigger. So I'm not the only one who is talking. Sure, sure. No, no, it's really interesting. I, I love the way you explain it. It, it really is insightful. Um, it, and, I, and I love how you explained the uh, sort of mainstream music and how it's so contrived and so put together in a specific way. Not and just it, music. Not just yeah, music. Not just music, of course. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Um, that's, a, that's a bigger conversation for sure. Um, yeah. So when it comes to music, do you find that you just sort of have to let, and uh, I know a lot of musicians speak about the muses, sort of just flowing through unobstructed in a way that then allows other people to experience it, such as you had mentioned those people, those beings that were in the room with you, but not necessarily so focused in on you, but still going through that experience. Yeah. Um, so do you find that when, when this mainstream uh, sort of music is so, so contrived that it really kind of strips away the, I don't, I don't know the word for it, but that, that sort of muse uh, aspect or, or that magic, as you could say? I mean, you know, we know like the countless songs, right? All of us heard so many songs, so many beautiful songs. And, and then, of course, we know the, the phenomena called 70s. Right. Wow. Those songs are still valid and still alive. And they were not three minutes. Some of them were, but they were 10, 15, 12, 20, 25 minute tracks. Right. And they were played on the radios and they were all over the place, you know, and people really loved that kind of jamming state on stage. Right. And what happened later? You know, then the music industry evolved and then everything evolved. And then somehow we arrived to a place where like we have the formula, which works. It has to be short because I, I'm sure there are studies how much a human mind can perceive, you know, how much we can be staying focused, how long can we stay focused on certain happening. 
And then, of course, the whole phenomenon of advertisement and then uh, the whole phenomenon of uh, visual presentation, you know. So there is more and more. Let's bring more. Let's bring more. And the shorter and, and, and more advanced and better sound and then better this and better that. But on the way, what happens? It's, it's not that the muse is anymore talking through us. It's human mind, which is took over and says, I want to control that. And I wanted to be, to be it the way I wanted to be. It's the same that we would come to the ocean and say to the ocean, we want to control you. You know, yes, we know the stories about the guy opening the, the waters and the tribe walking through. Of course, these are legends. There are maybe phenomena of what we don't understand nowadays. Yeah. And I'm sure that uh, there were very powerful uh, priests that could do certain things in the older days. What it become after, that's another story, but it's the same, you know? It's the same, like the originality of what turned into religion or turned into music industry or turned into film industry or turned into fashion industry or any other kind of industry or book writing industry or any of food industry. Oh my God, that's a whole another story, right? <laughs> more and more and more and bigger variety and more and more and more and more. And then we're losing that, that connection also with the, with the divine nature that speaks through us, that speaks through everything, that is always here. So we piled ourselves with all this data and information and all that sometimes bullshit, right? Quite often, actually, quite most of the time, you know. And then, and then underneath that, there is this true essence. So what, what I've seen through countless of trips in two hours or three hours, what we do, it's not like we arrive to a certain place that we don't know. We arrive to that purity. Why? Because we're taking the stuff off ourselves. And then we're like, oh, wow. Well, yes, of course, for a short moment. And then we go back to live our lives. And they are back in the same kind of struggle with, with to be, with being itself, you know. But underneath there, there are muses, there are spirits. The life natural forces which we lost the connection with, you know. So uh, they're always here, and, and that's what musicians or any artist picking up from that infinite, infinite, always in movement state. And yet, in the same time, it's a stillness space, you know, because we know from silence where everything comes, you know. But it's this inner state, inner space, which we can be reconnecting with because it's always there. It's kind of always there. We are not aware that it's there because we're busy with all these things, myself included, all of us, you know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, and we somehow have to find a way to reconnect with that authenticity, with that nature. And I, I say it countless times, why we call nature nature? Because it's nature. It's natural. That's it. Yeah. So how do you find, do you have any other ways that you get connected with that? I mean, before we hopped on, you're talking about the traffic and this and that happening. I mean, it's like when, when you're on route somewhere, you're, you're obviously disconnected in a way from that because you have to be so present in just being a human being walking around the world. Do you have any meditation routine outside of, say, music or any uh, anything you do that, that helps you get reconnected or reestablished there in that space? I would say... Um it actually became quite difficult for me over, over these last years. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's also a global phenomenon. 
that happens right now with all of us, with the introduction of all the devices that we are also connected with, you know. And um, it's also all the antennas and all the Wi-Fi's and all the all, all, all this stuff that is buzzing all the time, you know. So if there is a chance for anyone, myself included, to, to have that quiet space with oneself, you know, if, if I can't start a day first in my own silence, or with a stretch, or just like 10, 15, 20 minutes of meditation, of that silent space, right? And maybe some body stretches as well. And then pick up my phone, and then open the computer, and then converse with other people. And then, you know, then the whole day is laid out in a very different way. And I see the difference, you know, and quite often also in my life, like in, in life of many of us, of pro- pro- probably most of us right now, because we have all these devices. The first thing what we do, we, we open it and there is this whole world out there, you know? So I feel with this phenomena that happening for this last, I don't know, 25 years, we have to learn how to be without it also. You know, that's why there are many camps right now created for people to go off the grid, you know, and some communities are created where, where they would try to be uh, like off the limits of the big antennas and, and uh, Wi-Fi's and all this kind of stuff, right? Even though it's incredible, the technology which we have today, but we also have to remember and the younger generation, which don't even have that reference, uh, we kind of maybe need to introduce them to this other way. You know, when I grew up, we had no telephones. If somebody wanted to, to call me, they were like, hey, are you home? You know, <laughs> or, or if I'm not, they would just wait for me or come back later. Or mama would tell me, hey, your boys were looking for you. Go look for them, you know, to play football or to run on the streets or to climb the trees or eat some apricots from the, from the tree, you know. And that's how I grew up, you know, and I... I know many people also have had that kind of reality, you know, and then mid nineties, this whole thing started. And then it's, it's an incredible thing what we have nowadays, you know, but we all have to figure how also to feel ourselves and not only all the buzzes, which are going on around, you know, how to feel that nature, which we are, you know, that it's not distorted. And of course, after two hour sound trip, we can feel that on the road trip, somebody, you know, the state when you drive and you drive for hours and then you sing and you hum and you listen to something and you sing alone. That's that same state, you know, or somebody goes swimming for, for some hours or being on the beach or surf or play music or dance or write or, or draw. And, and I think this is one of the main uh, educational um, developments that has to happen on this planet. You know, we have to introduce more and more of any kind of what we call arts to, to new generations. And quite often what we see right now, it's, it's it ha- what happens is like the opposite effect happens. You know, they're diminishing the funding for that. They're diminishing like the, the availability for these new generations to explore, right? But I'm sure there would be new school systems opening up and new educational uh, centers opening up, maybe independent of the kind of like this governmental 
point of view how education has to happen. You know, it's happening. It's inevitable. We are living in this era. You know, there would be more and more. There would be more and more people understanding that without this, we cannot go on. You know, we cannot just give the iPhone to a kid just to shut him up. You know, so so he's losing himself there in that virtual world without going and socializing and climbing the trees and playing football and exploring some infinite art ways, you know. But there is also development going on for the for those who will be more in tune with the technology. So we cannot put everyone in one category. There is many realities here, you know. But still, nature is here, and that's why we call it nature, because it's yeah. natural. I think that the I think that the new like the younger generations now I, they'll sort of create their own new education systems. Like the current education systems are more about indoctrination as opposed to actual education. <laughs> so uh, I think that using these technologies in the way that we're doing right now, you know, someone watches this and and they'll they'll start to you know take in new information they wouldn't hear in a, in a traditional education structure. So um, I think using these technologies in a positive way is definitely something. Uh, that a okay. lot of the younger generation is doing. I, I don't agree at all with like, what you said. Some some people give their children, very very young children, a tablet, an, an iPad or something, you know, mm-hmm. rather than allowing them to just explore their their movement in, in martial arts or dance or, uh, you know, I grew up doing all those things. Uh, I grew up doing martial arts and, and going out and playing sports and climbing around and I would go with my skateboard in the morning and I'd come back late, late in the evening. No, no cell phone, no nothing. So, you know, it's a different, it's a different experience the young people have now, but I think that they'll adapt and, and evolve in a positive way because there's so many influential people such as yourself and the music you create uh, and these, these conversations that we're having that I think we're, we're helping guide them in the ways to use these technologies positively. Um, would you agree with that or do you find that? Uh, yes, I, yes, I totally agree with that. And I, uh, I'm sure that we will learn how to deal with this technology, you know, because right now, because of the technology, we also see this global phenomenon, which is going on for two years, you know, it's also because of the technology. So mm-hmm. I, I've just listened to one of the tracks we, we're going to release soon from Dresden performance from last year. And it was outdoor performance and, Estas speaks there from the stage and, uh, and basically the statement was, imagine if within these two years, all of the media, all over the world, all over the world, from every channel, from TV stations, from the radio stations, from the internet channels, through groups, through personal messages, everyone would transmit just pure love. What will happen with this planet? What would happen with us? You know? What we went through within these two years is a great phenomena of a separation, mm-hmm. which probably is needed, you know, and technology plays a great part in it. Massive, massive part, you know, so people have to learn and, and discern where is the truth was spoken and where there is a manipulation going on, you know, whether there is a propaganda and whether actually true facts which have been shared. You know, so we, how do we get to even know what is true, what is not, you know, because technology plays that role where um, tactics of filmmaking are used as well, you know, where you can present the picture, which is absolutely not real. It depends from what angle the picture was taken, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and from what uh, frame, what frame was captured, you know. So again, imagine if all of this was like, 
uh, I wouldn't say as an opposite, because still in the holistic world, we cannot say that everything is fluffy and beautiful and, and uh, in and rainbow colors. No, life includes everything into it. But where is the overload of data, of fear, of uh, propaganda, of of uh, control and manipulation, you know, when there is overload of it, something is not right there, you know. So even those who were kind of like buying that, see there is something is not right there. Yeah, slowly but surely, yeah. Yes, exactly. So definitely technology plays a grand um, um, role in, in everything, you know. And and then comes this kind of like a self-educative, um, mechanics for, for many, you know, because people, if they cannot go to certain areas or they cannot go to school or they have to, to be at home, we're starting to explore humans, starting to explore different aspects which are available in, uh, in all kinds of fields. You know, if somebody wants to study something physical, that's one thing. If some want to study psychology or philosophy or languages, or like ed- education also, how to educate people and, and so and so and so and so and so. You know, it's quite often where we arrived up until these two years ago. Uh, for most professions on this planet, we've had this problem of uh, people wanting to get paid well. And this was not necessary, their life calling. You know? Because I know even when I was growing up, like my parents kind of envisioned something for me to become, right? And later, of course, they didn't force that. And this was a blessing for me also. I had to find my own way, even though it came to me in the age of 26, you know, even though I tried and filmmaking and this, and I've been on the street and I was in the gang and I was like going through drugs. And that was a life education that was necessary for that being to explore, right? So at certain time, we have to start opening up for, for something that life provides us, but also answer that call, which comes, I don't know, from somewhere. It's always with us, you know? So I'm sure within these two years, many started to explore that inner calling, you know, and, and not just go to this comfortable place of a job where, where we're getting paid very nicely, you know, because if a doctor getting paid very nicely, but this is not his calling, it's, it's not the right place, not for him and not for her or for those coming to see them. You know, I'm, I'm just giving this example. We, we see this um, outrageous uh, violence that comes from, uh, from police forces very often, you know, in different countries. I, I see it in many, many countries. And quite often there are some, it's based uh, on psychological issues which were not resolved by this or that human being. You know, and um, to to put that aggression on the streets or anywhere they would use that force using the position and the status, it's not exactly the way to do, you know. That aggression could be expressed in other ways, you know. Maybe they needed to be heavy metal musicians to scream it all out, to use that therapy, you know. And uh, at the same time, it's also comfort, but it's also survival. Humans want to get paid because they have a family. They have to pay bills. They have to cover the loans. You know, there is such a complex, such a complexity to be human being here nowadays. You know, we have to provide and we have to pay and we have to also relax sometimes if we know how to, 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but but there is in the same time there is this phenomenon of uh, teachers not being called to be teachers because that's a life calling, but because it was something to do. You know, like when I was growing up, also I've seen countless people going to study computer science. Why? Because they knew they go they're going to be paid well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 the same. It's the same in every profession. You know, and uh, and I think uh, a big part in it plays trust. You know, if we trust life, if we trust that, like Paolo Coelho said, an alchemist, you know, when you really uh, answer the call of your life path, I don't remember exact words, but like the whole universe will help you, you know, but we are the universe. Universe lives through us, you know, mm-hmm. so, so that's uh, the trust plays a massive role in the human pathway, the unfolding of a human life, you know, in the profession or anything we do, you know. So education, yes, technology, super, yes, we could use it wisely. And yes, there would be lots and lots of new incredible ways. But nature is still called nature. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what you were saying resonates for me because I, I juggle between sort of working the typical type of job on, on a you know nine to five type of basis. But at the same time, you know, I do it remotely and use the Internet and everything. But at the same time, I, I have this calling to have these conversations with people such as yourself and to post on Instagram and do these things and, and respond to people and help people. And I don't really benefit too much from a, from a life financial perspective on doing those things, but I have this calling and this passion for doing them that I know that that's where I'm going more and more every day. So, and, and then imagine, and then imagine that at certain moment, who knows if one really trusts that calling, it might bring a meeting that might invite you on a different life path. And that's what you're doing right now for paying your bills wouldn't be relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. And you would just give thanks to that process and that uh, space that gave you a foundation to develop into something because you are developing as a human being. You're opening. You're becoming more, right? And in, 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 in that path, which is, um, which is very vividly presents its calling, it might take you even deeper on it. You know, it might meet, it will bring a meeting or you will get this idea from your muses, right? Mm-hmm. What you could be done differently, what you could do differently, you know? So in a way you could give thanks to all that space, which right now holds that foundation for you to, to um, not survive just, but to cover for your needs, right? And yet that can change. And then you would just stay grateful for that experience because it gave you foundation to develop and to explore the calling also. We are all different. In my, in my case, it happened in a very different way because when I was given a guitar, I tried for a few months to get jobs, so to say. Right? I was in New York at the time and I was illegal at the time, so I couldn't really get a proper job. Right? So I was given that guitar and I tried to find a few jobs and then I've seen like, I cannot do that. I couldn't do that, but I had a setting. I stayed with this older lady, grandmother, yeah, and I could stay there without paying the bills, right? And then when I already rented the place and where I could actually cover for that place, the man with whom I was working, he kind of threw me out and he said, go swim. I had no idea what I will do. So I've got some kind of temporary jobs. Even me, little skinny guy, I tried to move like tables and like uh, sofas, you know, in this kind of company. 
And like after a few days, I was almost dead, you know, and I said, I cannot do that. So I took the guitar and I went on, you know, and I'm still on that trip, you know, but again, for everyone, you have to go through different kind of aspects, you know, of life and, um, and trust that definitely. Yeah. Trust is, is a big factor for sure. And I, I, I'm experiencing that more and more every day, just to trust the process and, and yeah. allow things to be. And, and again, just have that gratitude and gratefulness the whole way through, um, because that is a strong anchor for anything, um, you know, especially when it comes to even manifesting and using, using visualization and all these things, gratitude anchors all of these things in place. Um, so I wanted to ask you on, on your journey. Uh, so you started, you mentioned playing on the, doing street performances what is the difference in terms of experience for you of performing on the streets and having people close by versus, you know, in a theater and having people in seats and, you know, surrounding you that way? I mean, street, uh, oof, it's a great education. You know, I um, started to play on, on the streets of New York, the great violin player, and uh, we kind of like were struggling, you know, we were surviving big time. You know, but at the same time, and because there it's like uh, it's not just the financial aspect, they had a very small amplifier, the sound was so bad. Oof, <laughs> like now I understand that, you know, but at the time I didn't think about that. So I now I would say, oh my god, these people had so much compassion for us, probably. But of course, we played a cool kind of gypsy music at the time, and people loved that, probably. That's why they would stop. This not just was the pity for us, you know. But but still, the sound was really bad. And, you know, then the evolution of the sound also came over the years. But on the street, it's like you are right there. You know, it's like anybody can come to you. The gang guys can come to you. The police guys come to you. The, somebody can complain. Somebody can throw the tomato if you're playing too long and too loud, you know. And uh, drug guys can come to you. You know, somebody won't try to steal the money from the case. I mean... There are so many situations there, you know, like a mad guys can come to you and talk to you while you play. You think that you just can come into your space, you know. In the same time, I think I was prepared for that, even though you cannot be prepared for something, something like that, because I also grew up on the street. So I kind of could navigate all that reality, right? And uh, it, this kind of reality taking me all over the world. I played. I didn't go to Asia to play on the street you know, because... I, I never made it there, but I was all over U.S., all over Mexico, all over Europe, you know, and it was kind of like um, mixed also already that time, sometimes festivals, sometimes private events, sometimes um, stage, you know, so being on the streets, you are right there, you're naked, you know, but then I've taken on the stage the same quality, being naked. You know, it's like uh, what needs to be said is going to be said. Yeah. What needs to be played out is going to be played out. I noticed that in your music, actually. When, yeah. when, when you're on stage, it's very similar to when you're on the street. And that's why, that's why I was curious, because the, right. the quality or the qualia of it is there. It's still there regardless. So you're still in that moment, in that flow. Yeah. Because, you know, like, um, of course, I, I tried also some years when we had a set list, especially if there are some other musicians playing. So it was easier to operate that way. After that internal flight appeared, that was it. I didn't use anymore any set list because actually that changed everything I do. You know, it turned into this long trips where 
how can you set list that <laughs> you know but then over the years i've seen like also that journey has certain uh chapters which are formed by itself it's like a water that shapes the rock you know and that formed over the years as well and then it breaks naturally and then it becomes something else and i and i watch that and that's fascinating to see you know and it turned into something else right so the the truthfulness of that same expression as it was on the street as it became stage is the same for me because i am just in service to that sound uh unfolded naturally right but at the same time um big concert halls you know when when it's 2000 people when it's more when it could be about 3000 people in a massive church or a concert place in switzerland it was in some other places you know it's it's a different environment where we can sink in because there is no distractions you know if somebody is talking there it sometimes can happen because if there are more than 2000 people sitting yes it can happen also it might disturb somebody else though it's it's announced before so really take this time for yourself to explore where this journey will take you because this is not the entertainment you know and then of course i love the entertainment side of it as well when we gather with familia on stage then it becomes a celebration of life you know it's not anymore that hardcore deep exploration we also have to celebrate these explorations it's important you know so let's say we would play like two hour trip deep diving in and then this last 30 minutes is going to be all about celebration and then it becomes already full gypsies back and full celebration of it and you know it's a different quality because in life we need to celebrate also we cannot be celebrating all 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 the time because that's not how it happens we all go through our inner portals which are also important you know because we have a lot of stuff to deal with i'm not talking even about lifetimes i'm talking about this lifetime we gather more and more stuff more and more stuff which are going deeper deeper into our unconscious and that drives us to do things to make decisions to react to certain happenings meetings appearances you know and we are not aware of it so we have to be aware of what's going on inside of ourselves you know so um the difference again if just to summarize that the the difference in that um undisturbed space where we can explore that you know but when the internal flight appeared i tried that also on the streets you know i was in the art kind of like street art festivals offering that on the street and i would have sometimes few hundred people sitting around in that full meditation which was outstanding to see that that was possible on the plaza on the corner of a plaza because let's say the festival was like spread out all over the city right so on the big big main plaza there would be massive circus acts with massive crowds right and uh because they knew the nuances of the of a star sound they would put him kind of on the space where it would be more like preserved and yet still connected to the main plaza which means the sound travels from all over the place right but it was amazing to see it's like people sitting in that space if you watch those videos uh, that were captured from 10 years ago there are some videos on youtube they're still there in a very simple way filmed one camera not such a good sound but you can see like people sitting in that state 
in the midst of absolute madness around, you know, and I feel like that's another quality that we have to explore here on earth, you know, doesn't matter what's going on out there, we somehow always have to keep connection with that nature. You know, no matter I, I noticed that from a lot of your videos as well, from the ones I've seen on YouTube, is that there'll be, you know, even if it's on the street somewhere where it's busy, chaotic, but there's you'll you'll have the self-contained space where there's these people that are just in that zone with you, mm-hmm. uh, and and you see them get pulled from, you know, they're walking along, they catch the sound, and then they come right over, and then they're in there with you. Uh, so it, it's an amazing, uh, it's amazing that you were, you've been able to develop that skill. But also, you know, street was also teaching me the unattachment, you know, because in a way it's like one day I have 500 people standing on the street. Another day I am somewhere and nobody stops, like nobody stops. And yesterday I had this massive crowd, you know, and lots of cash was flying into my case. And the next day nobody stops, you know, and... uh, this impermanence is just uh, like uh, in, in the best kind of uh, as, be- as a best example of uh, any meditative practice, you know, of any kind of compassionate way to relate to it. You know, one day is like that, another is like that. I'm not attached, you know. So concert hall is it's kind of the same thing. We had 24 cities all over US, uh, 2018. Some were they're like overpacked, you know, full sold out. Some places were not enough of people actually in the hall. But what do I do? I still deliver. It doesn't matter. You know, if it's like uh, out of a thousand seats in the hall, there were like maybe not even half of it. I would say I do the same thing because I come from the street, you know. So it's, it's just for me, it's just going, entering into that space and, and delivering it the same way. It doesn't matter. It's a 10,000 people. It's 3,000 people. It's 10 people, you know. But again, um, there is a massive difference. In energy exchange, if it's ten thousand people, it's a different, totally different energy, of course. You know, but this uh, detachment, uh, I feel like it's one of the qualities that we all have to explore. You know, definitely. Mm-hmm. And you know, with with uh, the universe experiencing itself, I would argue that it's almost as important for you to con- consistently do that performance, whether there is you know a thousand people or ten thousand people, because you being one with the universe experiencing itself, playing this music and getting into that state is of the utmost importance, regardless of if there's, you know, few people or a lot of people. I think uh, it's, it's wonderful that you can tap in that way. And I think in doing so, you help the human race. I, I believe in this, this interconnectivity between all people, uh, the sort of morphic resonance, as, as some scientists have described. But it, I believe that in doing this, you help elevate uh, everyone in, in getting into this place and being committed to that and dedicated, uh, you know, so that, I mean, that's my take on it. You know, that's beyond the stars in a way, you know, because in that space, there is no stars anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. It's, uh, it's irrelevant, heard, right? I've heard from so many people also, they come and they feel they, they, they mind a presence, that they mind a present in the space. And then at certain moments, they're gone. You know, so I feel like um, this is much more than than what we can kind of like um, explain or like put mm-hmm. in certain frame and say, wow, we're on the mission to change the humanity. And this, it's like, it is doing that, mm-hmm. but we just have to get out of the way in a way, you know, through whatever medium we are here to share. 
either through music or anything else. You know, it's like, uh, it's just beyond us. Let the muses speak. You know? mm-hmm. Let us be the vessels for them. To I have to ask you, what do you use for your incense? Because I know you love to have, uh, have that on stage with you or on the street, wherever you're performing. So what, what, uh, what, what type of incense do you use? Um, I have this dear cosmical being in India, which normally I, I use incense from him, and quite often it's just sandalwood. Uh, it's also mixtures of different flavors sometimes what he mixes and uh, that's his secret in a way I don't know his secret you know, it's his kind of family thing and there are some families work with him he sustains many families actually there and um, I also love Copal from Mexico also you know yeah. and um, but mainly it's kind of like this uh, sandalwood slash something else which I don't even know what it is I just feel like wow that's really that's the one you know mm-hmm. or this one or this one so there is some variety of them and normally they are all coming from this man in India you know but I haven't been back there for a while and definitely India is always here in my heart but Monday uh, in the meantime, I've been receiving some packages through friends who could go see him because they're not sending it out. So, yeah, it's uh, it opens another field, you know. Because yeah, yeah. Um, I, I use it as that, well. Uh, I find during meditation, it's the same thing for me. I'll, I'll use incense, and it's, uh, yeah. it's a different experience. Entirely. Yeah, yeah, and and there is a way to resonate with a certain aroma. You know, that opens certain portal for us, you know. For me, it started many years ago because there was this older man came to me on the street and he said, you know, guy, wow, you like in the older days, guys, they would put the cigar butts, the cigarette butts in there, you know. Yeah. In, in, and I, I started to use the incense and it was kind of like, wow, it's been, I don't know, almost 20 years I do that. I think like 19 years maybe I used the incense on the guitar. It's a long trip. But it was already present on the street days. You know? Yeah, that's it's very uh, it's very iconic for when when you know a lot of the YouTube videos are very popular. It's uh, it stands out, and you can see in the comments and things people are they notice it. So it, it's a really cool thing. But it it also you know it also has the um, connotation of a of a of a ceremony in a way you mm-hmm. know because there's also a connection with the primal force, and it's also of course it's a connection to the fire and giving thanks to that, you know, and that fire is not just like a physical fire, but it's also like expression fire as well. You know, and expression doesn't have to be super crazy fast and loud. It's not about this, you know, but um, it's just kind of acknowledging that space mm-hmm. and uh, in the, on the streets. Uh, wow. I've had like a full little ceremony for me. It was not like a only basking. It was uh Quite something, actually. If people would see what Estas was doing before that, this was uh, opening the space and giving thanks to that and um, inviting those who need to be there in a way even before Estas would start to play. You know, so just acknowledging and connection and thanks for that moment. Mm-hmm. And what you said reminds me of uh, the, the Zoroastrian religion and their, their connection with the inner flame. And then when you use that incense, it sort of brings that out within you and you almost merge with it. And it, that's what it feels like to me when I, when I see that, um, especially when your music is playing. And because it is on the strings itself, it has this sort of unique aspect, even how the smoke is coming up. Like it's all very, uh, for someone who's very attuned to those things, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite, it is ceremonial as you describe. It's not just, you know, this, you we, know we are all such a mystery. 
We don't know the true history. We don't know the true history of humanity. We don't know the true history of what we are. You know, we don't know the, the true somethingness what we are. You know, so some believe in reincarnations, some don't. Some believe in uh, all kind of uh, infinite ways that consciousness leave, leaves itself, you know, through ages, through eons, right? And some don't. Some thinking that this is it. We just live here, we explore, we give birth, and we build a house, we plant a tree, maybe. And then, then this is it. This is over. And I don't know, maybe those who believe in that, this is what they will get. When the, when the movie is finished. Maybe. And maybe those who are knowing, not just believing that there is something else to it all. Right? That's what we will explore next. You know? And uh, of course, there is, so much, there is so much information about this, but the main aspect here is not like the information, but rather what one feels. You know, and sometimes also remembers through the little cracks. Sometimes they're like a glitch in the matrix where we get in touch with that something as that is beyond time, which is beyond personality, beyond this identity, right? And then we know, oh wow, so there is more to it, of course, right? And then who knows in what life it starts doing what doing what? Who knows in what lives Adam was doing what, you know? And who knows why we actually meet right now. Also, who knows? You know, we cannot analyze everything and put it into the right folder. It's not possible, even though sometimes our analytical mind wants to do that. You know, but uh, there is a mystery to it. You know, and maybe the guy that that guy on the street who was doing opening that circle with the fire, he was doing that already thousands of years. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. That's one of those things where it's, uh, and I want to ask you as well, um, you said you have done some drugs before, I assume psychedelics, but do you, do you still do anything like mushrooms? I'm sure you're aware from just seeing the, the Instagram page of the podcast, I, I'm a huge proponent of using mushrooms, um, you know, in, in therapy as well. I, I push a lot of that content trying to explain to people that there is a huge therapeutic benefit to, to using these things. I personally use mushrooms. Uh, I like to watch a walk in nature. I also do uh, float tanks, so I go into sensory deprivation, all darkness, and I float. Uh, and then I feel like I leave my body when I do those ones. Uh, you know, but do you do you use those things? Um, pretty much at the moment, nothing, actually. But I've done all kind of stuff. Oh, I, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From uh, hardcore stuff to natural stuff, which is available on Earth, you know, and let's say marijuana, which is growing all over the place. Mushrooms are growing in certain places, you know. Also, this is all nature. And ayahuasca is also grows in the, I mean, it's a combination of plants, but it comes from the jungle. So there is ancient knowledge, right? And uh, it's been around. In many cultures, there were all kinds of uh, tools, all kind of uh, natural medicines. I wouldn't call them drugs because actually the, the drugs, they are in the drugstore. And that's why we call it the drugstore because the, the drugs... I, I like the word there. technology. I like the word yeah. natural technology. Yeah. Says, you know, this is... Yeah, but the, the, that's what I say. You know, actually those substances that people are given to, you know, the medications. Yeah, those are definitely drugs. drugs. Yeah, drugs. These are the drugs sold at the drugstore. You know, that's actually quite a correct naming for that, uh, for that kind of structures, right? Mm. But there is also natural 
medicines or technologies, right? Because yes, it's a technology for teleportation. It's a technology for purification. It's a technology for easing the, the mind chatters. It's a technology for change of perception. So there are all kinds, right? And at the same time, I feel, um, let's say during the sound trips, we don't need anything. Actually, if you see those videos of Estas, there is probably not even one where he was high. And we are talking about hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of videos because Estas never used any substance during the performance. Never. It's not needed. If I needed to explore myself and dive into certain purification or dive into certain uh, clarity, which was necessary, it would be done through different medicines or technologies, right? but in a different environment, in a different state, in a different timeline, you know, but not on stage, not on the street, mm. you know, because mm. uh, that's, that's a clear space. It doesn't need anybody in between. Mm -hmm. doesn't need any other presence. It's because you're connecting with that naturalness in that moment, right? And you say, I suppose, no, no external substance would then be needed. It's just naturally there and you're just opening up to it, really, and that's the process. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, because as we spoke, uh, as you and I were speaking earlier a little bit about um, a need for human to kind of like um, go through different stages in life, right? So somebody has to work in certain place and then maybe change it to something else, you know. So we gathered a lot of data, humans, humanity. Yeah, we have so much data on our shoulders in our brains, in our minds, in our libraries, inner libraries, right? How do we offload all of that? You know, it's like, a, it's a phenomenon when there is a lot of people from corporate world also now going on the medicinal mushroom experiences because what it does, it cleans the space. It opens a new perception, a new pathway, you know? And what it does is like, we take the skin, like that costumes of ourselves. And it's not like we are taking it. It just falls off away or cracks, you know? So for somebody, it needs hundreds of those medicinal trips, not just to crack it, but to take it off, that it really falls away. And for some, it needs just some to adjust something, you know? So we are very all, we're all very different, right? Not everyone needs to go through 100 ayahuasca sessions. It might actually be quite consequential, right? But um, the same, maybe somebody needs that ease for years to smoke that super joint, you know. And some actually at certain moment maybe don't need that, you know. So it's 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 for an individual to feel when when that's complete. And then maybe another medicine would come. Could be, of course. Maybe that's exactly what is needed. It's like you know when you walk in the magnificent, incredible garden, you know. You walk through it and there are all kinds of fruits and goodies around. You cannot take everything in. You just take what you can, you know. It's like, of course, some of us, we want, oh, let's collect, let's just take everything, we grab it into the bag, we'll take it with us and we have the bag of goodies and we have, so we have it for tomorrow, you know. But it's there, right? So if we really in nature with ourselves and, and what is around us, we know what is calling our attention right now. We might don't know yet what exactly the path is about, 
right? But we might feel that connection. Oh, wow, it's, it's calling me this time. I don't know why yet, but I feel there is also little signs appeared around if I'm observant, right? That particular thing is calling my attention. You know, that's calling me on the journey. And of course, there are many factors how, what, what is calling on the journey also. You know, so that's, that's what kind of like, that's why we need to be more or less in tune with ourselves and what is around, right? And listen to that. What is that about? Yeah, and less into the devices and the cell phones and the, all right. the distractions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Um, so what, what advice would you give anyone that's feeling a little bit sort of down or depressed or anything during this time outside of maybe uh, doing a little inner flight? Uh, but uh, what, any other suggestion you, you could give to someone that, that would help connect them with that naturalness? Oof, um, probably not, not to run away from it, to stay with it, to stay with it as long as it takes. You know, it's of course many people might have uh, suicidal thoughts. Maybe people would feel like lonely or not certain in their future or how to provide for their families. So, but things change. That's that's a law of life. Things change. You know, everything changes, and sometimes this little change in our perception can open a new, absolutely incredible path in front of us, which we would also have to walk. We would need to have trust to walk it, you know. But it's also cannot be like uh, unfolding in a way that, okay, I'm going to walk that path, I'm super strong. Or no, we could be very uncertain in ourselves. We could be very unsure in oneself. We could be quite fearful and doubtful about that. But maybe try to make these little steps anyway. If there is a calling, maybe just try to make that few little steps. And if there is pain and solitude and uncertainty is there, it's a good space to be for a bit. You know, we, yes, we can numb it with countless drugs. We can numb it with uh, medicines as well, with like technologies, you know. And yes, we can do that, but it will not go away. It would be there because that thing actually is the doorway. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize it. That's why they run away. That's why they just go back to asleep, as, as many people say, or they just want to turn on the news and tune out or zone out, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. like, uh, that's really the, that's the rabbit hole. You know, that's, that's, that's the doorway. You know, but uh, many are not even getting there. You know, but it's there. That, that's actually, if I would say, if there are unwritten laws of life, I'm not talking about Bible, I'm not talking about Tanakh, Torah, and all the religious kind of um, scriptures. I'm talking about like this unwritten laws of life. It's like almost uh, what Joseph Campbell wrote about like the hero's journey. There are some unwritten laws of life. Something has to happen, so something can unfold in that sense that we go on another trip. It, it's just like, it, it's the crack. It's, I would say, if somebody never had a crack in the heart in, in the sense of um, being betrayed or being lonely or being feeling like um, uncertainty, uh, solitude or whatever, 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 or loss of beloved ones or, or war zones. So there is so much, so much going on in this world, you know. And 
let me just say this, this uh, there is a reason why each of us are in different environments. There are reasons beyond our comprehension why we are born in this or that country. There are reasons why we speak this or that language. There are reasons why we are born in this or that family. We are not going to understand everything right away. We might comprehend that along the path, right? But if something happens with us, an accident, uh, a heart crack, uh, a loss, a uh, betrayal, a war, or anything. That's the entry. That's the entry. A lot of people don't want to hear that. <laughs> a lot of people don't like hearing that, but it is true. It is absolutely true. Yeah. And, I, and I do agree that a lot of the, uh, it, it is a controversial topic to discuss, but when someone's situation growing up, I believe in a lot of ways an individual's soul had known these experiences would take place, had known all the conditions and circumstances, so the, the sort of ego won't quite understand or comprehend these things, and it would be chasing its own tail to try to do so. But I, I think that in terms of timeline of experiences, the soul has a completely different perspective of how things unfold in someone's life uh, and is very well aware of a lot of what, what's going to happen to them and what, what is happening with it would be great if more people could connect with that knowing, uh, that inner knowing that they have. Uh, and I guess that leads to the trust that you were discussing earlier as well. So it's something I like to work on. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, all, all of us to a certain degree, you know, because these new chapters of life are opening for each of us mm-hmm. um, in a very unique way. You know, it's uh, not for everyone it's to be a musician, not for everyone to be this or that or this or that. You know, not for everyone to play these two, three hour tracks, you know, not for everyone to to host podcasts, not for everyone to to create a page with which which would kind of develop into change over perception of human beings. You know, there's, there's so many ways for us to explore life. You know, we, we are not we're not supposed to be all the same, you know, but still there is certain unwritten laws of life which are here. You know, and if we are observant, if we watch also older generation, uh, which nothing to do with spirituality, you know, very often you ask like an older man or woman about their life path, and many of them would say, I would never change a thing. You know, it's like after 40 something years, I would say like, I could change certain things, but then I would never know how it would be because I wouldn't be the same person sitting here right now. So how can I even say that? And probably later in the timeline, human timeline, the stars would say, wow, wow. And I can say already, wow, with all the difficulty, with all those super hardcore years on the street where I had no idea where I would sleep sometimes, if I would have food to eat, if I would have money to pay bills because... I didn't go to get any job. That's it. That's it. It was over for me. I was just walking that path, right? And I had no idea how to do this and that. And somehow everything was unfolded anyway, 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 in, in an incredible way, you know? So there is gratitude to it. Could I change something? Could be. But again, I, I said that, you know, I, it wouldn't be this same scenario, you know? And uh, these incredible doorways somehow designed by this intelligence, which is incredible, you know, 
We don't have a control on our bodies. We've been given it. We might chose a way we're going to look like, could be, yeah. But, you know, just to look at the way everything works within the body and to say that we are here alone, these little guys running around and we are in charge. I mean, really? Come on. Yeah. You know, yeah. so if that intelligence created something like this, so incredible and divine and, and complex, yeah, it also kind of provides a setting of a certain unwritten ro- rules, not rules, but uh, suggestions. And then also quite, quite a pinpoint. There are some pinpoints, you know, for a human to wake up, something has to happen. It doesn't work otherwise. Something has to which is kind of actually why it's not too bad of everything that's been going on the past two years because I think it pushes more people in that direction whether they like it or not but I I think it's uh, yes definitely yes definitely I mean of course we know there's uh, um, exaggerated situation what's going on nowadays fully Mm -hmm. completely and Mainly also because of those who are participating in their exaggeration. Mm. You know, we cannot deny the fact that there is something is here. Yes, that something is here. Definitely something is here. There has always been something here. But what they made out of it is another story. And how much each of us are participating in that or not. You know, so it's... um, it's what we have to deal with. This is what's going on here. This is what we will have to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, so if it's been challenging, and I'm sure it was mega challenging, and still for many, 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 many millions of people, we're not talking about thousands, we're talking about millions of people losing their businesses, losing their jobs, losing their houses, losing their um, families sometimes as well right now, right? Because it's a major cleanup going on. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is this human phenomena which participates in it with its uh, organization, with its uh, exaggeration, with its fear-based um, propaganda. And at the same time, there is a divine presence within all of that as well, which we cannot deny. Yeah. Which is so much more powerful than anything else that's been constructed contrived but that's the thing you know even all that construction yeah isn't it also part of that as well it i suppose it is it is it's a fun little game (laughs) it's a fun little game um well maybe we could leave it at that i i I, you mentioned you have uh you're coming up with a new album is that right or is it a new well you know in my case we are not um i i'm weird in that sense you know I uh, I kind of like, I don't work in the studio, which maybe one day it will happen, you know, where we really like collectively put a thought to it and record something collectively also, maybe even solo-wise. Um, but with my guys, yeah, it's um, normally I go into studio, record that moment, it's done, you know. And if we have to work a little bit with that more or sometimes more, you know, like we went to Cuba, we captured that in Cuba, and then of course we had to work with that material. Like guitar had to be some parts be recorded, this recorded, this done, this done. You know, it's it's a whole process. Sometimes take a three year story, like a paint a picture. You know, but the the main thing what comes 
always captured life, you know, because that's the way I operate. I believe in that um, magic. It's magic. It's like, can we capture that essence, you know, mm-hmm. and then work with that, you know. So, so it's not like there is an album coming out. It's uh, many things we release right now, which are archived also. And um, there is a few albums which we will release this year, which were also kind of like a live performances, which was one of them was in Mexico. And, and it's, it, it was outstanding ceremony ceremony because mm-hmm. there was of course not yourselves there was a um, gathering of many beings from all over the world uh, and it happened uh, in Tulum in Mexico and it's about three hour trip you know and some of it we have on YouTube you know it's Ikal experience it was like maybe 30 minutes we released it because only that was filmed just with one camera by a dear friend you know so something like this we will release full or as a sound trip uh, hopefully this year and there are some other things so we work all the time with the archive and um, because we've been recording everything pretty much and filming as much as we can with my with my family friends slash team whatever we call them all mm-hmm. us all you know. so there is things coming out and again it's um, maybe one day there would be a proper production which I would participate in but at the moment that's what it is and that's already what we do, you know. Mm-hmm. And then apart from that, this internal flight came in in a new facet, you know, really exploring the body as well. Because I need it as well. You know, I have this all kind of things going on here you know, for years. So I'm exploring it <laughs> and I invite others to explore themselves. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I'll put all those links uh, in the description of this episode. So everyone has it can be, especially the, if I can find that 30 minutes of the Mexico, uh, recent Mexico performance, I'll put that in there as well. Um, but I'd like to just say thank you for, for taking this time to, to come on and have this wonderful conversation. I'm sure a lot of people are going to appreciate it as well. And and if anyone uh, wants to reach out to you, the best way is, is Instagram or Twitter or I mean, I'm a bit old school guy in that regard. You know, email is the best, okay. you know, because uh, social networks, they're super good. We can connect and we can, um, you know, exchange and we can inspire. We can tag each other. This is superb. But uh, to have like a longer trip, it's always better to have email correspondence. You know, mm-hmm. it's very easy to find me, to find us, our little family. It's very easy. You know, stastonet.com, then everything is in there, you know. Mm-hmm. But of course, Instagram, YouTube, they're still working, you know, and having this weird relationship with Facebook because I kind of wanted to close it, but then it's still there, you know, so we're here to share. So we don't know. Hopefully humanity will create a really incredible new social networks where we would feel like it's authentic and clean and pure and really sharing, purely sharing oriented, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that uh, doesn't have this whole shadow aspects as well. But shadow aspects are part of life, so we have to dance. Yeah, yeah. It's just riding that weird wave of their algorithm and this and that. But, you know, I find that these these conversations and podcasting is potentially that that new medium for communication and thought expression and uh, mm-hmm. that, that is not uh, tainted by algorithms and code and you know, all that weird stuff and ads, you know, like even this podcast, we don't have ads. Um, it's just better to have, just have the conversations and just allow people to experience those. So 
Yeah. Uh, thank you again for, for taking this time. I really appreciate it. Maybe we can chat again sometime soon. I'll, I'm sure uh, I'll reach out Beautiful. to you. Beautiful. Thank you so much for the sharing. You know, you said thank you for my time. I thank you for your time. And I think time for us to meet, <laughs> you know, this moment. Yeah. Um, that's a creative kind of time way to share, you know. So I appreciate this very much as well. And to be continued. Yes, to be continued. Thank you again. Blessings. Thank you.